Welcome to the Everything RVC Podcast. I am David Costello, joined as always by Amanda Keeper. Hello, Amanda, as we start another week here at Rock Valley College. It's a short week. It is, yeah. Thanksgiving <laughs> week. So, yeah, it's weird because we never know when somebody's going to listen to this. But right. Today is November 23rd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's Thanksgiving week. So November 23rd happens to be a very significant day as well. David, can you tell the listeners what's happening today? Yeah, so pl- plugged this a couple times on the show, but uh, happy to do it again on the actual day. So, uh, November 23rd, 1970, mm-hmm. they placed a cornerstone in, uh, in this building or outside in the, the Educational Resource Center here. Okay. And it was to signify the end of what they called the phase one uh, building uh, process for the college, mm-hmm. which was the completion of the first six buildings, including this one, CL1, CL2, Student Center, PEC, and the Boiler House. Okay. So they, that was kind of their celebration that we got those six buildings done and College had been around, you know, for five years at that point, Mm -hmm. uh, delivering classes, but uh, this was kind of a celebration of, whew, we got those (laughs) first main buildings built. Um, Mm -hmm. They placed a time capsule back behind the cornerstone, and uh, there was a board resolution that at the time that that cornerstone be removed and the time capsule removed and opened uh, 50 years later in 2020. And today... It's Today 50 is the day. Years later, and you are so strategic about this that I think you even chose the exact same time. Is that correct? I did. Two o'clock. Their <laughs> ceremony was at two o'clock. <laughs> okay. On the in uh, in nineteen seventy. So yeah, we're doing it at two o'clock today. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Here, exactly fifty years later. So yeah, it's gonna be great. We're gonna order, open up the cornerstone, take out the capsule. We're gonna kind of. We're live streaming all of this, mm-hmm. by the way, because um, we had to keep the guest list very small because of the COVID restrictions. Right. So just some VIPs. Uh, we're excited about some of the people from 1970 that are going to be here, mm-hmm. including Dr. Jacobs, some of the students who were here at the time. So it's going to be mm-hmm. great. And uh, yeah, we're going to open that thing up, see what's in there. And we're going to replace it with a new one mm-hmm. that we're decreeing be opened 50 years later in 2070. Mm-hmm. So it's really exciting. I've been working hard on it, and a lot of people have. Uh, as many of those types of events are, they're, they're massive team efforts. Yes. So it hasn't just been me, but um, definitely has, uh, has, has been a passion project for me. So yeah, thanks, thanks for letting me plug it again. Yeah, well, I think it's really timely that we have our guest here today, yes. Paul Newell from the CIS department here at Rock Valley College. Did I say that right? That's correct. That's correct. And it's timely because speaking of technology Mm. and how technology has changed over 50 years, uh, you're the person to talk to. So welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you very much. Yes, you're welcome. So we'd like to start off by asking our guests sort of to tell us about your RVC story. So how long have you been here? How did you hear about the college? You know, fill us in. All right. I was a programmer, a professional programmer, and... I belong to a uh, organization of professional computer people. Mm -hmm. And it turns out uh, Chuck Nelson, who is a faculty here and also the the chair of the CIS department, was also a member of that group. And he was uh, one evening looking for people to come and uh, teach, you know, be adjunct faculty and Mm -hmm. teach one or two classes a semester in the evening. So I talked to him about that and we got together and I started teaching one class uh, a week in the evening. Mm-hmm. I did that for um, a number of years uh, until about uh, 1990. 
And then my job changed and I began doing uh, seminars, traveling and doing seminars so I couldn't teach at RVC anymore. Sure. Mm -hmm. And then I sort of retired from the seminar business and the traveling uh, in about uh, uh, 2012. And so I uh, called RVC and see mm -hmm. who I knew there and if I could start teaching again. Mm -hmm. And uh, they took me. <laughs> <laughs> they took you. Well, you must have been doing something right because right. they took you back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, I'm happy you're here. When we first started the podcast, I put a call out to the RVC faculty Facebook page, and I asked the full-timers, you know, who do you know that you would love to hear on the podcast? And right away, Chuck Conkle uh, put your name forth, and he has great respect for you. And I actually talked to him this morning, and he wanted me to make sure that we <laughs> ask you about uh -oh. stuff like first-generation techs, cell phones, digital cameras, etc. You've been in this industry since the 80s and 90s, so you have seen it all. Um, so tell us about, you know, your love of technology and when it first was born for you. You know, how did you, how did you become somebody who's just a techie or computer guy? It's just always been interesting to me. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I, I saw a picture of myself as, I don't know what I was, eight or ten years old or something, with my very first transistor radio. <laughs> and that's when they were new. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's my first tech experience, and I just kept uh, being fascinated by it uh, along the years. Chuck mentioned uh, cell phones. I have, I did a presentation for a, a Chuck, a group that Chuck had. Mm -hmm about uh, what I called ancient technology. And I brought my first cell phone, which is called a bag phone. <laughs> it, it's like a purse, yep. uh, and it has a handset that you pull out, and you have to stick an antenna on the window of the car to get reception. <laughs> and uh, it was not convenient, but I figured it was good for emergencies. Sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. I remember those days, and I remember um, I actually was dating a, a boy in high school, and his family, you know, they had a Cadillac with a phone in the center console. This was back in the 90s, mm -hmm. you know, that big old honking yeah. <laughs> cell phone. And I thought, man, these people have it all because yeah. this was this was it. You know, it was almost, when technology first came out, I feel it was almost like a VIP thing. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. you really had right. to have money to have access to these. Yeah, things. that was the Gordon Gecko phone. If you've seen Wall Street and Michael Douglas, and he had the huge, yeah, mm -hmm. huge, huge cellular phone. But mm -hmm. yeah, that was a, a sign of somebody with uh, with some money. Mm -hmm. You had one of those. Yeah. But the, what? Where were you working as a programmer, um, and how did you get into that? I um, graduated from NIU uh, with a degree in accounting. Oh. And. Uh, Accounting was fine, but I did not really want to be a CPA, so it had somewhat limited potential for me. And uh, a year after I graduated, a local business in Oregon, Illinois, was looking for a, a programmer. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it was a little hard to attract professional programmers to Oregon, Illinois. So I said, you know, that sounds interesting. Would you train me? Mm. And they sent me away to training in uh, Dayton, Ohio, and I came back a programmer. Wow, okay. Mm. So you had had no previous experience, you just kind of enjoyed technology, but you hadn't been formally trained. That's true. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. interesting. Isn't it interesting how, again, we start out with one career path, and yeah. now we end up somewhere totally different. But I think they probably inform each other. How did accounting inform programming? Well, I believe it uses the same part of the brain. 
sure. theological organized part of the brain. Mm-hmm. If you're pretty good at accounting, you'll probably be pretty good at programming right. if you have an interest in that direction. Actually, when I started college, uh, I went to a community college in Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, two-year college, and I didn't know which direction I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. So I took what was called an interest test mm. to find out what I was interested in. And I scored really high on engineering, uh, computers, and CPA. Mm-hmm. And it turns out I've tried all three. Okay. <laughs> and what I like to do is teach. Okay. So tell us more about that. Tell us what happens for you in the classroom. How does it bring you joy? And um, what's maybe one of your favorite moments in the classroom? Well, I like to tell students uh, a, a little of this history of computers and technology because I feel like I know what I know and can do what I can do because I know the history. Sure. Where we've been, what we've done, and how we got here. Mm-hmm. So I try to add that to the classroom. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I bring my ancient technology gadgets uh, for, uh, uh, what do you call them, grade school? Show, show and tell. tell. Yep. Yeah. I do show and tell in the classroom mm-hmm. uh, with some of those. Uh, and mm-hmm. I don't know what they think, but I think it adds something sure. to it. Some of them have yeah. responded that they enjoyed that. What kinds of things do you bring in? I bring in, uh, one day it's all uh, cell phones. Mm-hmm. So I bring in my bag phone, and then I keep every cell phone I've ever had. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, little cell phone museum. Yeah. That's exactly it, yeah. <laughs> so I show them the history of cell phones. And uh, I have to be honest, the reason I keep all the cell phones is because they all have data on them. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give it away to somebody. So they all still work? Uh, they would still work, yeah. Wow. Well, I have so. I think I have one where the battery's totally yeah. gone, mm-hmm. yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, the others still work. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. I have a, uh, an old uh, Android phone, which was my first smartphone, and uh, it still works. Uh, it, in fact, mm. it could be used as a very small tablet. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cellular part doesn't work anymore, but yeah. uh, it still connects to Wi-Fi, has software. That's all that. That's awesome. So can you give our listeners a little history lesson, yeah. a mini history lesson? Take us through that. I'm curious. Well, another, I don't know which one you want to hear, another uh, show and tell day I do is uh, calculators. Okay. And I start with the calculator I had when I uh, entered college in the engineering program, which was a slide rule. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I hold this up and say, who knows what this is? <laughs> sure. And, uh, Crickets, uh, right? Well, actually, I get a real mix of uh, ages in my classroom. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I do get some... Uh, older people that know what it is, mm-hmm. but most of the young ones don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I explain how that works. I do an example on the, the projector screen. Yeah. And uh, then we go to a uh, you know calculator I used uh, when I was in the engineering program, my first calculator. Uh, and I explained that uh, I learned a very important lesson with that calculator. Mm-hmm. The other students in the room still had their slide rules. I had my calculator. So I thought I was cool, you know. I, sure. I can type in the numbers and I can get an answer to eight decimal places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, that's got to be right, and, uh, <laughs> and it got marked off oh. on the on the test on the quiz. It got marked off. I said, what's wrong? This has got to be accurate, you know. And it was explained to me that you know, because of the slide rules, we were given data to like three decimal places, two or three, because that's all a slide rule can do. Mm-hmm. And your answer cannot be more accurate than your data. Ah. So when I wrote down eight decimal places for my calculator, unacceptable. Interesting. 
So I, that lesson has stuck with me, and I tried to pass along along to my students. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. What's your favorite piece of of uh, technology? Uh, I don't know. That's hard to say. Uh, I guess the one that's glued to my side all the time is a <laughs> cell phone. Uh, right. Another one I, I show students is cameras. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, how, um, you know, I have a 35 millimeter camera, which I have not used in years and probably can't get filmed for. I don't know. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I had a, uh, I don't know if you remember this, a swinger. Nope. A Polaroid mm -hmm. swinger. It's a Polaroid camera, instant pictures. Uh -huh. Wow, instant pictures. Yeah. Okay, so you take a, you turn the knob on top of the camera, and when you turn it to just the right contrast, it, it says yes in the viewfinder. Okay. And there's a big commercial about this on TV. Uh, so you turn the knob, it says yes, you snap the picture, you pull the paper out of the back. When you pull the paper out of the back, it sticks it to the developer mm -hmm. sheet. Then you have to wait so many seconds. Mm -hmm. Then you peel it apart. Yeah. You let it dry, and then you have to coat it with a preserver. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you could get instant pictures. Mm -hmm. okay. Right. Yeah. And in the time you were saying that, I just took um, 27 pictures of yeah. you and already uploaded them to sure. Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's funny because when you talk about the cell phone too, I think for a lot of people, and you talk about cameras. That's what the cell phone is. It's a camera that I can also call people with because mm -hmm. I mean I think that's what most people use it for is like mm -hmm. texting, taking pictures. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I guess I can call people with it too. I like to ask just about anybody the question I just asked you. So I'm going to ask you too. What's your favorite, Amanda, piece of technology or technological development of the last 20, 25 years? You know, it's definitely, for me, it's definitely the cell phone, but with the combination of Facebook. And here's the reason. Uh, my family, we have a history of Alzheimer's disease, mm. and I am petrified that I am going to get it. And so some people use Facebook for various reasons, right? But mine is truly to preserve my history. Mm -hmm. And so I might be annoying to a lot of people because I overpost, yeah, but, but I truly post because I love when the time hops come up. Yeah. I absolutely love those. And I love having that safety and security, knowing that when I'm 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, hopefully, I will be able to go back and look through what I was doing that day and how I felt that day. And a lot of times when I post something um, really positive, it's because I'm having actually a bad day. And mm -hmm. so I'm trying to post something to help myself and then maybe to help others as well. But then yeah. I'll be posting photos of where I was. And truly, it's a living scrapbook for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, those those would be pretty high on my list as well, but it's hard for me to, I have a terrible sense of direction. So for me, GPS is like this amazing <laughs> technological development that you can tell me exactly where to go anywhere in the world, where to turn. Yeah, so GPS was a phenomenal uh, yeah, development know, for me. Do you know GPS took away so much anxiety? I truly felt that when I could would I could feel comfortable that I was actually going to get there with those directions. Right. That I could go anywhere. Yeah. And do I you, had that. I, I don't know if it's a. I've heard horrible stories of GPS taking you the wrong place, but. Would well, you remember when you used to have to go and like to like well, whatever it was called, Map Quest, yes. and you have to print the, dire the oh, directions off, and you would yeah. take the printed directions in your car, yeah. so yeah. I'd have them highlighted, and then we're looking down at the directions. <laughs> huge, huge strides yes. in uh, technology. There. I, yes. I did that when I was uh, traveling, doing seminars. When mm -hmm. I first started traveling, every Saturday I'd be on MapQuest printing out maps for the week. Yes. Let's talk more about that. Where Where did you go, and what, uh, what were these seminars on, and, and what did you speak about? 
I was doing seminars on Microsoft Office mm -hmm. and on emergency planning for your business. So really the two topics. And I went all over the U.S. and hit a few foreign countries. So I had the opportunity uh, to see, to visit, I think, every state in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I'm a little fuzzy about Rhode Island, but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I've been to every other state positive, and I've probably been to Rhode Island, too. Mm. That's great. Say more about the emergency planning. What, what did you do for companies? I would uh, go over how to put together a plan, what they need to consider, and most people naturally think of things that would happen. You know, you have a flood, you have a tornado, you have that kind of thing. And I tried to um, lay it out for them that, yes, you need to be prepared for things like fires and so on, but that is not the interruption of your business. Mm -hmm. The interruption of your business is the process that was done in that building you no longer have. Okay. And it's going to be out for hours, it's going to be out for days or months or whatever. That's the emergency to your business. Okay. Mm. Can you so, give us an example? Uh, maybe not. I don't know. It might be confidential. I'm not sure. Like a company that you worked with that... that well, I did a, a public seminar and, you know, like 20 companies would send people okay. to the seminar. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would answer their questions, but mm -hmm. uh, I was giving more generally useful information mm -hmm. that's common to everybody. Oh, I see. Okay, so it wasn't okay. like a, you were going to a specific company. It was you were teaching content to multiple companies. Yes, okay. that's true. Got it. And I did this. Uh, uh, I made a trip to uh, Canada. I made a trip to England, which is very interesting. Mm. And you learn so much about people when you go to another country. I really found that fascinating. For example, here in the U.S., er everybody where I live, if you're starting a business, you just you call the fire department and say, hey, I'm starting a business. Can somebody come over and help me figure this out, you know, how I need to be prepared and prevention and alarms and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And they come and help you out because they want to. They want it to be easy for you. Mm -hmm. I went to England, and they have not the fire department but the fire brigade. Mm -hmm. And it turns out they are not so much your friend. Huh. <laughs> uh, and that surprised me. But that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So you learn about what's the same and what's different. Yeah. yeah. So you come from a background that your math, your numbers, your computer, your your brain that's working in those three degrees is opposite from the public speaking brain. So from my perspective as a teacher in public speaking, how did you transition? Uh, boy, that is a good question mm. because when I was a kid, I was like the, the petrified kid that hid behind his mother's skirts. I could not speak where mm -hmm. there are other people in the room. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, my throat would close up. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had to get from that to being able to speak in front of the classroom. And what I did was I happened upon a group uh, in a place where I worked called Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, you know, if I could learn something from that, I would uh, get better at being able to speak in front of people. Mm -hmm. So I joined that, I worked at it, and uh, over a number of years, uh, I could speak in front of people, at least, you know, get it out. Mm -hmm. And then it's all the years I spent uh, doing night classes at RBC that I really, I think, got better at it. Mm -hmm. We've asked a lot of uh, instructors and professors who've been on here to kind of remember what their first class was like. Do you remember what your first class was like? <laughs> Well, I, I tell you what, the one that sticks out in my mind the most is my first seminar I went to. So I'm new. I know the subject. I know the subject. I can do it. I can explain it. 
but I got to get up in front of people, and this was new to me. And uh, so it's in the morning, and I'm thinking, I'm having a panic attack. I'm thinking, how bad would it be if I just went home? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. would, would it be really bad for me? <laughs> uh, well, scale of one to ten. Yeah, scale of one to ten, a permanent mark on my, my yeah. permanent grade, you know. Like, uh, how bad would it be? Well, mm-hmm. I managed to stick it out uh, and get going in the subject matter. And once I got going in the subject matter, it just I didn't think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. You teach that. You teach public speaking. Does yes. that, that make sense to you? That it does the more command you have over the material? Oh, absolutely. I teach that my students that all the time. And I always tell them, the more content you have, the better. I always over-prepare, so I have more content than is needed. I've also told them, and I think that what separates good speakers from great speakers is the ability to tell stories. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times students won't remember or participants won't remember facts and statistics, but they'll remember a good story that you told them. So you need to really have a combination of all the different types of evidence. Yeah. And I don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert. If you learn the techniques of public speaking, you can really build some confidence. And I think it sounds like Toastmasters was able to help you do that. They, they helped me be able to prepare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you teach now at Rock Valley? I'm still teaching CIS 102, Introduction to Computers. Okay, so is that like the foundation course that people need to take for just about any CIS program we have here? Well, for actually many programs, Mm -hmm. uh, I get students into CIS 102 uh, for many uh, subjects and uh, whatever they're going to do. So what are they going to learn in that class? Well, we learn... uh, Windows, mm-hmm. uh, which is currently Windows 10. We learn Microsoft Office, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and Access. Mm-hmm. And these are just very beginning introductions. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because I've also here at RBC taught a class on Excel or a class on PowerPoint, mm-hmm. uh, which goes into it in much more detail. Mm-hmm. So these are introductions. But it's very useful stuff because uh, I tell my students, what are you going to do uh, where you're not going to use a computer? Mm-hmm. You know, everything is going to use a computer. If you apply for a job today, you're probably going to do it on the computer. Yes, yes. And yes. one of the things our textbook uh, explains is that there's uh, at least a company that has uh, such turnover and so many applicants that their first interview is with the computer, mm-hmm. not even a person. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're interacting with the computer to go through the first interview process. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be able to deal with computers. I agree. And talk about the obstacle that it creates in every class and every situation that you take if you don't master that skill. I truly believe it should be a first semester class at Rock Valley. Mm-hmm. You know, I have so many students who, you know, even taking the Speech 131 class, they don't know how to log onto Canvas or they don't know how to um, find the Dropbox or attach a document, you know, and it's those skills that you're teaching them that really empower them to be able to do the things that they need to survive in every other class especially in the COVID world. I mean, look at what we're going through now. Sure. Well, I find uh, almost every semester one or two students that are starting from zero. Yes. They did not have a computer at home. That's right. Uh, They did not take computer classes in high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have to say that's a a deficiency at RVC, not being able to handle those students that well. Mm -hmm. Because they get put into the class that I'm teaching where, yeah, I'm teaching uh, Microsoft Office, but I, I expect you to be able to get into Windows and right. start a program. Right. Yeah. You know, start up Word. Yeah. Uh, and these people don't know how to do that, so I have to work with them uh, 
an additional time. Mm -hmm. I truly believe it's an access issue, and I have often wondered and even talked to leadership about getting computers for every student as a part of tuition. I would love to see every student when they start Rock Valley College have a computer addition to their financial aid and to their tuition so that we can all be on the same playing field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a valid point. Yeah, that's definitely an issue. And, it, and it's reared its head, especially, like you said, under COVID, because mm -hmm. now everybody's forced online and, and mm -hmm. you don't have much of a choice. That's, that's mm -hmm. your access to your class. So Yeah, I wonder if there are grants. I'm sure there are some yeah. sort of grants that we could apply for. Um, and I think maybe Elaine Shannon pretty, I think, yeah, I'm positive she has applied for some of those because they do have some computers available over in the student center there at the, yeah. tri the TRIO program. And Patrick Pyre, they do have access to some, um, but you know, it's yeah. a conversation we need to keep having, yeah. especially now. Let's work on it. Yeah. Paul, before we went uh, on the air, you were talking about the adjustments under COVID and you teach pretty much all online right now. Um, sure, that was an easy transition for you being a tech person, but how have your students transitioned and has that been difficult? Uh, not difficult for some, but yes, for others. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some people, uh, especially in the spring semester, they signed up for a classroom mm -hmm. in the spring semester. And after about two months, they got online. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they didn't sign up for that, and they weren't, uh, may or may not have been prepared for it mm -hmm. uh, with those basic skills. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty difficult. Uh, so these days, uh, you know, the students don't have as many choices. They can't choose an online class or a classroom experience. Now, in the spring coming up, I've noticed my classes, my online, my online classes are what they call um, synchronous, which means I'm going to be doing a... Uh, a Zoom meeting with my students at a particular time of day mm -hmm. together uh, to, I guess, more closely simulate the classroom experience. Sure. Uh, which I, I think will help some students. Uh, other students, I don't know that I'll ever see them uh, because they just don't need it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'd be interested to see how that works out. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. No, I agree. I think we're all facing, as instructors and as students, we're all facing the same challenges um, in terms of trying to adjust to something very, very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we're in this together, so that's we'll right. figure it out. That's what we keep hearing during COVID. Yeah. We're all in this together. So, Paul, we'd like to get to know our guests on a little bit of a personal lover level as well. Can you tell us what you like to do for fun? Uh, I like to play golf. Mm, okay. Uh, I'm not that good at it, but uh, <laughs> it's one of those things that... Uh, you know, I'm just good enough to enjoy it most of the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I like to do that. Not doing that these days, it's gotten a little cold. Uh, I like to uh, play music. Mm -hmm. Oh, so musician. Okay. I okay. Uh, play bass on the church worship team, mm -hmm. which I really enjoy. Uh, and I, it turns out I think music is a common thing among, among a lot of technology people. Uh, I The leader... The, the head singer and guitar player for our worship team is a programmer. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, I think it's a pretty common thing. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll add you to our list, uh, yes. our <laughs> growing list of RVC musicians. We're the forming garage a, band. A, that's right. We're forming a big band. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people that we've had on, Jim Conley, Mike Youngblood, the people that have talked about their love of music, mm -hmm. Christine, yeah. Lott, yeah. math, science yeah. people. Math and science people. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. yeah. 
those number people. Well, I guess that's why I stink at it. I, I was going to say, I, I guess that's why I can't keep a beat to a drum. Yeah. <laughs> did you come prepared with a campfire question today, or did you I have do. one that popped into your head? I thought about it on the way over here. So now is where we transition. We have a campfire question that I ask, and then you pick two questions out of the bag that's next to you is to have a little bit more fun. But I thought about the question on the way over here. So... Paul, you only get one piece of technology for the rest of your life. What piece of technology is it going to be? Well, I guess it would have to be the uh, the cell phone because there's so much mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. so it's so much, you know, besides the communication. Mm -hmm. It's the GPS. It's the, yep. you know, uh, where I was a year ago and... Mm -hmm. Uh, when did I take that trip to uh, Ireland? You know, I can't remember. <laughs> right. Have I ever been to Rhode Island? <laughs> yeah, so things like that. It's uh, more and more of my memories in that device. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's the Swiss Army knife of technology, for sure. Yes, I love that, what you just said. More and more of my memories in that device. Yeah. That That is so relatable. Yeah, that's yes. kind of what you were getting at. Yes. It's a scrap, digital scrapbook of your life. Yes. So. All right, so you have two questions. So if you would just reach in that bag and draw out two slips of paper. I need a drum roll sound effect on our, on our board here yeah. for when people go into the bag. Well, we do one at a time? Or just yeah, we just yes. yeah, read one and then give okay. us your answer. And... Uh, this says, what annoys you most about the in-groups you are part of? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's the computer geeks. I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure what you mean by in-groups. Yeah, what do you think that? I think that means like the people that are in your culture, like your professional culture. Okay. Huh. Hmm, that's interesting. You don't have to name any names. <laughs> <laughs> it could be your band culture. It could. I mean, your in-groups are the band culture, the faculty culture, yeah. the church. CIS culture, the church culture. The Yeah, you have a lot okay. of... Okay, yeah. well, uh, groups. Okay, well, I have to tell you that uh, w without going too negative here, that there are some things about being adjunct faculty mm. that are less than optimum. Okay. Uh, many sure. times adjunct faculty is kind of left out. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's gotten better over the years, mm -hmm. but uh, there's still that. I, I'm glad that you said that. Can you tell us as leaders in the full-time faculty area, what can, what can we do to do a better job? Because I could not agree with you more. Well, and uh, back in the days when we got together for the, uh, the faculty training days, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it adjunct wasn't included in everything, mm -hmm. uh, and gradually we got invited to uh, some of the things not included in the department meetings, uh, mm -hmm. and, but that's changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have to say, I taught at uh, Kishwaukee College also uh, for a few years, doing the same thing, mm -hmm. and they have the um, uh, adjunct faculty union there, mm -hmm. which we don't have here. Mm -hmm. and. Whether you're a fan of unions or not, uh, there is a need for it in some places. Yeah. And they, they were a voice of the adjunct faculty, and I got things, got them included and mm -hmm. noticed and considered mm -hmm. in a lot, of, a lot of things. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, too. And we've talked about that on this show before, because you and I, Amanda, were both students here. Did you know the difference? No, yeah. I, I would have I would have had no idea when I was a student if no. I had a faculty full time if I had an adjunct. Right, I wouldn't have known. Um, but I have you know been a, as I've been an adjunct 
and I've also been a chair, now I'm a chair of a department, and one of my goals is to make the adjuncts feel as fully a part of the department mm-hmm. as they possibly can. Um, I know our dean invites all of our adjuncts to the faculty development days. So again, like going back to your example, uh, making sure that they have access to everything that the full-timers have access to. Then I would also imagine, you know, coming to the events where we're hanging out, sure. where we do the garage band or where we have the holiday parties or where we, you know. Right. It, it's, I love what you said because we asked you a question about the in-group and you gave us an example of how the in-group makes us feel, you feel like an out-group. Yeah. And yeah. that, that was a profound answer. Yeah, so thank agreed. you, thank you for sharing that. Yep, I'm glad you brought that up. So, Let's do right, another one. Another question, one more. I could do my own drum. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need a sound effect. If you had a personal flag, what would be on it? Oh, oh that was Michelle's, okay. wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, but that's oh, okay. A flag. Okay. She must have thrown it back in. That's a great question, though. Let's see. It would be. Uh, probably some musical notes, mm. some with uh, you know crossed golf clubs. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, are, are the golf clubs bent from you like banging no, them on the ground in no, frustration? No. I don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do. So musical notes with some crossed mm-hmm. golf, golf clubs, clubs and uh, you know maybe a computer in the middle. Yeah, yeah. got to have some tech in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a great visual. Yeah. yeah. We should work on those flags. When, uh, we should ask that of everybody mm-hmm. then, and then we can have their flag be uh, included mm-hmm. in their um, podcast when we share yeah, it. that would be fun. <laughs> so, so, Paul, one last question that we, we, we are hit and miss on this question, and we really need to be more consistent. Yeah, yeah. But you've been at Rock Valley for quite some time, and we like to ask our guests when we remember, speaking of memory, mm-hmm. who should we know at Rock Valley? Who do you know here that you really respect and that we could do ourselves a favor to get to know better? Who should I know? Who should we know? Yeah. Who should we know? Who should we? Like maybe we should have them on the show or you really need to get to know this person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Another, you know, another side of that adjunct faculty coin mm-hmm. is, um, you know, sometimes I get email to all faculty and I start reading it and I decide that's not for me. Sure. Uh, and you know, I exclude myself mm-hmm. sure. uh, from the group sometimes. So, um, what was the question again? I no, that's okay. Like, who's an interesting person so at the college uh, that you think we would? Oh, oh, what I was getting at is I don't know many people here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the years I've been here, I just don't know many people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the uh, you know the person I report to mm-hmm. uh, when I worked uh, at certain times of day. In the classroom, I'd be in the adjunct faculty office, and I'd get to meet some other adjunct faculty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I frequently don't know who d- my dean is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Although one day I did run into the dean, and I didn't know who it was, and I uh, had a bad experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are there any other adjuncts that we should have on the show or get to know, you think? Um, yes. I'm trying to think of her name. She teaches accounting. Uh, comes back to accounting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not that good remembering can, names. That's okay. You can send us the name. Yeah, and also I, I just really appreciate that that the, it's ending on the same note that you gave us that suggestion is that we need to do a much better job mm-hmm. with creating those experiences and those opportunities. 
for us all to get to know each other. And I think that's one of our goals on this podcast. And you just reminded us yeah. of why we started it. Mary Klein. Mary Klein. Oh, okay. okay. Wonderful. Terrific. Yes. I right. met, met her in the adjunct office when mm-hmm. we were both adjuncts. Mm-hmm. And uh, she uh, does some interesting things in accounting. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on. We are so grateful that you took your time. I know it's a crazy world right now with COVID and not knowing if we can come in person. And, yeah, you know, who knows how many of these we'll be able to do in person, socially distanced. But we are thankful that you came to campus today and took some of your time to share your experiences at Rock Valley College. If somebody wanted to take your class, uh, what time are you teaching next semester? Do you know? Are you doing day, night? Uh, my my synchronous classes are scheduled at uh, in the morning. Okay. And there's a Monday, Wednesday, and a Tuesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. or two of each. Mm-hmm. So there's some choices, but they're all in the morning. Okay. So Great. morning morning sections in the spring with Paul Newell. Go to the CIS department, and you will be doing a synchronous option with Paul, which is very cool for a lot of our students that really need that consistency and that that face to face through a computer Zoom program. <laughs> right. Yep. Go sign up. You'll get to see Paul's uh, bag phone and his <laughs> slide rule and all his cool gadgets. Indeed. So, yeah, thanks for being here, Paul. We really appreciate it. And uh, have a great Thanksgiving week. Yes. Thank you very much. You too. Thank all right. you so much. Okay. Well, that was fun. Yes, that was very fun. I, you know, I know we ended on this, but I'm going to say this again, that one of the reasons we started this podcast is because we don't want to be isolated. That's why we called it Everything RBC. We want yep. to know our adjuncts. We want to know our people that working that work to keep the grounds beautiful we want to know the people that are in marketing the people that are in every Mm -hmm. area of of the college and we noticed those gaps and we were reminded of that gap today yeah and i'm grateful for his honesty and candor in that question agreed yeah i'm glad he brought that up i've i've said that many times that uh, as a student you probably don't even know Mm -hmm. the difference you Mm -hmm. know that's that's your instructor Mm -hmm. that's what you know and and i'm sure i had some when I was here who were full-time and I had some who were adjuncts and I had some who were good and some who were bad from both camps mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it should be more un- a little more unified. So, so yeah, I'm glad he brought that up as well and I, I hope we get to know some others. I hope some others hear this and decide they wanna come on and talk. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, it's definitely an area where, where we need some, uh, to do some work, so. Indeed, and I love uh, that he has a passion for this this content because this content that he teaches is so vital it's always been vital but now more than ever it is the content of the future is making sure that people are really mastering the computer and we have a community that has some big gaps Mm -hmm. and it's people like paul and others that teach in the computer science program that empower students so that they can compete in a very competitive world yeah I love talking technology. I know that's, you do. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> it's a fascinating topic. And mm-hmm. I mean, just think about, I mean, that question I asked you, mm-hmm. what's your favorite technological advancement in the last 20, 25 years? There's mm-hmm. been so many. Yes, there I mean, have. Think about it. I mm-hmm. mean, technology is our life now. Think about if your technology went out the window today. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you do? Well, I'm always talking to Noah about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm on him a lot about how often he's, on his TikTok or whatever it is that he's on. And the lights went out the other day because we had a big storm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were <laughs> we were without power technology for, I think, three or four hours. And, I mean, he moaned and groaned. 
I mean, it was like you were cutting off his arm or leg. And then yeah. we decided to get in the car and just drive around and look at the to- the small storm damage and then go get some beefaroo. And, you know, that always will cheer you up. So by right. the end of it, by the end of it, we're, t- we're talking, we're sharing stories. And he looked at me and he said, you know what? I'm glad the power went out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> said, That's good. Well, I'm glad the power went out too, buddy. Yeah. He goes, but how long? How much longer? <laughs> right. Yeah, is this over yet? Right. I know some people do that uh, with their families. They have like um, specific hours yes. or times on the weekend mm-hmm. where it's just no technology yeah. or you put the phones down, you, mm-hmm. you turn the TV off, whatever it is. I think that's good. That's healthy. Yeah. My nephew, he's so mindful about it that when people walk into his home for dinner, um, he has a he has a little basket where you drop your cell phone in on the way in. Hmm. So you know people have really developed an aversion to yeah. technology in many ways, and I get it. It's a very addictive behavior. Yep. Um, and so, you know, I think it's like most things in life, we have to find our balance and we have to check ourselves. Yeah, I, you know, it ha- it's got its it has its good and its bad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank God we've had it during this pandemic. Yes, right. Indeed. How yes. would we be getting through this pandemic without mm-hmm. our technology mm-hmm. to be able to? I mean, it's keeping us connected. I'm having a, uh, not to steal the term, although you stole it from friends. Friend, okay. we're having a friendsgiving mm-hmm. Zoom on uh, Wednesday night with all my buddies from college and nice. high school and stuff that I haven't seen. And mm-hmm. we did one way back when the pandemic first hit, and we had we said, oh yeah, we need to keep doing this, and we mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna have another one because we would always as a lot of people do, go mm-hmm. out that night, you know, before Thanksgiving. And that's a big night to hang out with your buddies. So we're going to do a, a Zoom. So, yeah, it's just kept people connected through all this and entertained yes. while you're stuck in your house. So, yeah, thank God we've had it. But I also hope when we go back to, quote, unquote, normal, that people have made some adjustments to their social behaviors a little yeah. bit so when they are actually out with human beings they're not staring at their phones the whole I time. Agree. I agree. A time of change. Yeah. A time indeed. of reflection. That's right. If only things were as simple as they were in 1970. <laughs> <laughs> See how I brought it back. To All back to today's big event. Two o'clock. Check it out virtually. Yeah so by the time but by the time they're listening to this it'll be over. Can they so, check it out virtually uh, after? But yes start? it'll be um, available so that's why I was going to plug the website. Uh, go to rockvalleycollege.edu slash time capsule and you will not only be able to watch the uh, ceremony if you didn't get a chance mm-hmm. but you can see uh, in great detail mm-hmm. all the items that were in the 1970 time capsule as well as the ones we're popping in for 2020 and you can can read about them and look at them in depth. There's tons of uh, photos and videos and audio recordings. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a blast putting together and I hope people enjoy looking through it. Indeed. So yeah. Well, that's a wrap. That is a wrap. You want to take us out? It's been Everything RVC with Amanda Keeper and David Costello. We hope you have a beautiful day. We'll see you next time.